Good evening. Welcome and Merry Christmas to you all. Tonight we celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus at Bethlehem, an event that took place a little bit over 2,000 years ago. And tonight we will look at that through the lens of some Old Testament prophecy, as well as um, readings from the Gospels about the New Testament fulfillment, as well as a few songs that look at that in more artistic detail. The service is outlined for you in your service folder, and we'll begin on page 3 with the exhortation and prayer. Please rise. Dear people of God, in this Christmas season, it is our duty and delight to hear again the message of the angels, and in heart and mind to go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us, the Christ child, lying in a manger, born to save us. Let us read and learn in Holy Scripture the story of the loving purposes of God from the first days after our fall into sin to the glorious redemption brought to us by this Holy Child. But first, let us pray for people all over the world who would delight with us to know the good news of Jesus Christ and who would join with us in singing His praises. Let us pray for the people of our community and our church. And because this would please the Lord, let us remember in His name the poor and the helpless, the cold, the hungry, and the oppressed, the sick and those who are sad, the lonely and the unloved, the elderly and the little children. We especially remember all those who do not know the Lord Jesus, those who do not love Him, and those who, by unrepentant sin, have grieved His heart of love. Finally, let us remember before God all those who rejoice with us in heaven, who live in greater light than we, that multitude which no one can number, whose hope was in the Word made flesh, who died in faith, and who lived before the throne of God and praised Him each day in His temple. We confess that we are united with them as we are united with one another. To sum up all these petitions, let us pray together as Christ Himself taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated as our organist introduces the opening hymn, number 55.
Our first lesson from Genesis chapter 3. God promises that a descendant of Eve as the champion and substitute of all mankind would win a victory over Satan and rob him of his power. They heard the voice of the Lord God who was walking around in the garden during the cooler part of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? The man said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate it. The Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the livestock and more than any wild animal. You shall crawl on your belly, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head, and you will crush his heel. Our second lesson from Genesis chapter 22. God repeats his promise. All nations will be blessed through Abraham's descendant. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, I have sworn by myself, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you greatly. And I will multiply your descendants greatly like the stars of the sky and like the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the city gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. Please rise for our responsive confession of faith. Our churches teach that the Word, that is the Son of God, assumed the human nature in the womb of the Virgin Mary. So there are two natures, the divine and the human, inseparably joined in one person. There is one Christ, true God and true man, who was born of the Virgin Mary, truly suffered, was crucified, died, and was buried. He did this to reconcile the Father to us. And to be a sacrifice not only for original sin and guilt, but also for every sin of all humanity. He also descended into hell and truly rose again on the third day. Afterward, he ascended into heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. There he forever reigns and has dominion over all creatures. He sanctifies those who believe in him. He defends them against the devil and the power of sin. You may be seated. Our third lesson. From the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9, we see that the promised one will rule on David's throne forever. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, the light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The authority to rule will rest on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no limit to his authority and no end to his peace. He will rule on David's throne and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. We continue with our next hymn, number 42.
prophet Micah, God points to the place where the Messiah will be born. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come the one to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from ancient times, from eternity. Therefore, he will surrender them until the time she who is in labor gives birth to a child. Then the remainder of his brothers will return to the children of Israel. He will stand and shepherd with the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. They will dwell securely, for at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. Our Gospel reading from Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. His mother Mary was pledged in marriage to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, so he decided to divorce her privately. But as he was considering these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this happened to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife, but he was not intimate with her until she gave birth to her firstborn son, and he named him Jesus. We continue with our confession of faith as printed for you there. John's Gospel says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Earlier, John called the Word God, then a light which came into the world and created the world, and yet was not accepted by the world. With this Word, flesh, we see how God has assumed our human flesh and blood. Human reason cannot comprehend the mercy of our God, choosing to share our humanity. We Christians learn to prize and esteem these words, for herein we see the gospel. The Son of God did not take on himself the nature of angels, but humbled himself and took on the seed of Abraham. Jesus Christ, who is of my flesh, blood, and soul, is seated in heaven at the right hand of God the Father. The humanity of Christ is in every proof of God's mercy toward me on account of Jesus. These words are not given for you to misuse or merely take up on occasion. These words are given for you to believe. Therefore, we should constantly have such words in our hearts and on our lips. Let us learn not to argue with the devil when he tempts us. Rather, let us look into the light with the heart of the words, the word being flesh for me. The eternal Son of God committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. And though he was not guilty of death, he became man for our comfort and salvation. Yes, he became a curse and sin for us, in order to deliver us from the eternal curse and justify us. We believe the scriptures and confess with the Holy Christian Church, which existed at all times and will endure until the end of the world. This article of our Christian faith, together with all the others, is firmly and solidly established by the Apostles and Prophets, the spokesmen of the Holy Spirit. That Christ, our Lord and God, assumed true human nature, and that He became a natural man like any other man. He dwelt among us with the human body as you and I have. He was nourished and grew as every other human. Luke records for us the birth of our Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governing Syria, and everyone went to register each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the town of Nazareth, into Judea, to the town of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was from the house and family line of David. 
He went to be registered with Mary, his wife, who was pledged to him in marriage and was expecting a child. And so it was that while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. We continue with our next hymn, number 61. Goodwill toward mankind. 
when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Now let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they told others the message they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed by what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We continue with our next hymn, number 263. The ship 
was named Jeanette. Kind of a strange name for a ship, one might think, but in the late 19th century, perhaps not. You see, the Jeanette was a strong ship, an icebreaker of a ship. It had been tasked with one single solitary task to find out what exactly lay at the northern pole of this ball of mud we call Earth. We think about that now, and we think to ourselves, well, we have satellite imagery, we've got movies portraying Santa's North Pole, but in the 1870s and 1880s, the North Pole was as foreign as the surface of Mars and as far off as the surface of Venus, utterly unknown. And for some reason, it captivated, absolutely captivated the public's attention. And so the U.S. Navy said, well, we've got a plan. Let's send this ice-breaking ship up there all the way as far north as it can go, the USS Jeanette. And it'll go so far as it bumps along through the ice flows, eventually it'll get stuck in the ice, and then we'll just wait for two or three years, and eventually the ice will drift and melt and break up enough for the ship to sail out the other side and they'll kind of chart their way, and they'll finally know what exactly lay at the North Pole. Could you imagine? Signed up to serve on this ship, knowing that the plan is to be stuck in the ice for two years, three years perhaps, six months of light, six months of darkness, and a place where, in a sense, and in a very real sense, time stood still, as each time zone traces its path through the North Pole. And that's what they did. They sailed north all the way as far as they could, with their icebreaker of a ship, the indomitable USS Jeanette, and then they got stuck. And there they were. Plan is going along swimmingly, you might think. And as they look around in the frigid Arctic air, a few degrees colder than Fairmont, I suppose, though not by much. Until one day, January 19th, 1880. Jeanette is stuck in the ice, and the sailor calls up from underneath, from deep inside the ship. Man the pumps. We've got a crack. And pumps have got a crack, and so they pumped and pumped and they pocked and they held it together as well as they could, 4,000 gallons a minute, and they tried to hold the ship together. In this place where no one really knew exactly where they were, they had no word to get back, no way to email or text or call, and the plan is to be gone for what, two more years? Trying to hold the ship together. Crushed all around. Sound familiar? Maybe that describes a little bit of what you're feeling tonight. The decisions we've made, the actions we've done, the relationship that lay in tatters, the promises that lie broken or forgotten. Feeling like we're just trying to hold it together for the holiday season. Or maybe maybe it wasn't something that you did. Maybe it's something that somebody else did to you. Stolen identity or worse. Disease or death striking at the most inopportune time. And left, left confronting. And trying to hold it all together. Brokenness. Did you ever find yourself there? Just trying to put on a brave face and say, no, it's okay. It's all right. But inside, it feels like we're being squeezed. Some of us learn that lesson sooner than later, that we can't hold it together on our own, and that eventually, eventually the brokenness kind of makes itself known, whether catastrophically or slightly less catastrophically. But for those men on the USS Jeanette, it took them about four months to realize that fact. Their ship was broken, beyond repair. 
the pumping that they had done had kind of kept the, the ship there, but eh, it was a losing battle at best. And after being stuck in the ice for four months, they lowered the lifeboats and gave up on the tax. Standing there as close to the North Pole as any person has ever gotten, standing there on the frozen ocean, standing next to a few lifeboats with this crew of men and whatever supplies they could gather and garner together, they watched the remains of their ship sink. A thousand miles from nowhere. And the closest land, the closest land that they would find was Siberia, a thousand miles from Siberia. And Siberia is the place where, the place that you talk about as being totally ostracized and cut off from absolutely everything. Your only hope is Siberia? The place where people get sent? The place that has no shelter, no food, no people, no hope? But what else, what else could they do? Walked across the ice, a thousand miles, dragging their boats to cross the little bits of water that they come across, in the hopes of somehow making it to land, and we'll see what happens, we'll see what happens then. Trying to walk out of their brokenness, and no doubt you've been there too. I know I have. We do that when we when we say to ourselves, well, you know, I got myself into this mess, but if I just if I just try harder and work harder, and all I have to do is put my nose to the grindstone and put in a little bit more time, or just work on committing to it and making a difference, and saying, well, this next year is going to be different. My effort. My effort will somehow get me out of this. Just the right amount of effort in the right place and the right resources, and finally... Finally, we'll have a key, right? And so we soldier on, plugging along like people trudging across an ice wall at the top of the world. We think the solution is to try harder and put on a good face. How are you doing? I'm, I'm great. How are you doing? Well, just check out all my social media. Uh, it looks like a fantastic and fabulous life. Soldiering on, working and walking, and saying, I'll get it. Just give me a little bit, a little bit more time. And their only hope, their hope was to get to Siberia. But for you and me, well, it kind of fits. When we try to walk and work our way out of our problem, our brokenness, we end up with the same problem, just in a different place. Right? So where? Really, where is anybody supposed to find hope for the broken and peace in the midst of despair, joy and light in the middle of sorrow and darkness? And right here, you know, I can almost see the thought bubbles popping up. Oh, pastor's getting the part where we talk about Jesus. What you need is church. What you need is Jesus. Not quite there yet. Because that answer, no matter how much contact you've had with the church, that answer might not be satisfying. Maybe maybe tonight is the first time in a long time that you've sat in church, and you know, you know your perception of church people. Well, they've got their lives together, and I don't. Or, they've got their lives together and their noses in the air and as you know, Pastor Pagan Church is mostly full of hypocrites or hypocritical people who just have so much to say when I'm not looking. Well, it may be true that church is full of hypocrites, but, well, actually not. We're not full. Right. Or perhaps you've been here at the church and sitting in pews like these for most of your life, if not all of your life. And... You know the answer. Somehow, some way, is Jesus. But you look at your own life, and you look in the mirror, and you see and you know what people say about you, and how they hold you in high esteem as one who, who has it all together. And you think to yourself, but if they could only see the, the broken, jagged edges inside. But I don't. 
have it all together. Whether you're in the first group or the second, the question is the same. Because both groups, both groups trying to walk out of brokenness and trying to say, all I have to do is try a little harder and give me a little bit more time and point me in the right direction and I'll get there. But the answer, the answer is not found in your working. Because Christianity is not about you and me. Because it's a fatal flaw and a fatal misunderstanding of what Christianity is and who Jesus came for. You see, Jesus didn't come for people who had it all together. He didn't come to people to say, here, I'm here to, to pat you on the back and give you a gold star and say, keep up the good work. He came to people who were broken and who are broken and who are broken in such a way that even though we've got our feet in the right direction and pointed toward Siberia, for better or for worse, at every point, it seems like we're just dragging something along that pulls us back and underneath and inside and in the the same sort of brokenness, and all we have to do, we feel, is put on a good face and hold it together and keep on walking. The men of the USS Jeanette eventually made it to Siberia. And the amazing thing, they saw someone after 809 days of staring each other in the face and finally arriving on dry ground with nothing but their frozen skeletons and not much else, they found somebody, or rather, somebody else found them. A Yakut tribesman up in the area happened to stumble upon this, this crew of men who was dragging boats and just landed at the shore of Siberia and he gave them food and water and shelter and clothing. The first time in 809 days. Hope for the hopeless. Joy to the sorrowing. Those who had been lost were given a home. Even after journeying, journeying a thousand miles, they still needed somebody to rescue them. And they finally, finally were. You see, the metaphor continues because your Christianity is not about your journey and your effort. It's about our place together, standing there just as lost after a thousand miles of walking and just as secluded from any source of life or hope or light or joy. Anyhow, broken shell, broken remnants, sunk at the North Pole behind. But Christianity, and the Jesus we celebrate is the message of a God who came for the broken. And that's you, and that's me. Whether we realize it or not, it's the truth. That all of our working, and you can look back over your life, you can realize this for yourself, that all of our working will never, ever keep that ship afloat, so to speak. And all of our walking won't be enough to finally change the sinful human heart, but Jesus came for the broken. Jesus came for you and for me. God planned his rescue. And he announces this in the most spectacular of way, that God himself took on flesh and blood. And he put his plan, his rescue plan, into action. And the way Luke describes it, today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. God's rescue plan for you and for me is so incredibly awesome that he sends an army of angels to announce it to, to, to men who are you know, holding the night shift, out watching their sheep. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. You see, Jesus didn't come to be a life coach. He didn't come to be you know, some good teacher. He came to stand in your shoes and mine, to walk along with you and, to, and me, and to pick up the pieces and say, hold on to this. I'll make you whole. And to say, give me your, your brokenness, give me your sin, give me your sorrow, tell it to me, and let me gather it all up. As he who was placed in a wooden manger would eventually be placed on a wooden cross. 
as he who was laid on a bed of straw and wrapped in swaddling clothes would eventually be laid on a stone-cold slab and wrapped in linen and spices. As he, as he who from eternity has been and always will be holy, as he quite literally and more so, walk the mile, walk the lifetime in your shoes and mine, to know your sorrow and mine, and to carry it. And so it's, it's no wonder at all that God sends angels to announce this. Jesus says, as he comes to you and to me, he finds us holding the, the pieces of our lives together and trying so hard, and he says, let me fix it for you. Let me fix it for you. Let me fix your relationship with God. And he says that he offered his own body, his blood, to cleanse you and make you right with God, to make you his new creation. You see, in Jesus, God gives you the peace of knowing that sin is forgiven, forgotten, forever. That it is gone. That He has prepared for you a place that this world may not know or understand, and has prepared for you the peace that goes beyond all human sense or understanding. And His promise to you and to me is that no matter how broken your life may be or feel, even if it looks so catastrophically exploded that barely a splinter remains, Jesus says, you know what? Even if it's not fixed today or during this lifetime, on that last great day, it will be. As evil will be destroyed, you will be restored. Death will lie dead and vanquished because on that day, your God promises to make everything, everything right. And that promise that promise really was put into motion with the cries of a little baby in a forgotten little town in the armpit of the Middle East. And when he sends angels to announce it, glory to God in the highest. Because God promises to repair you and, to, and me and to fix our brokenness and wash away sin and promise us life forever with Him, all of that, all of that, for the purpose of bringing Him glory, so that angels and we together with them may sing His praises forever, for having brought us out of brokenness into the eternity and the wholeness of heaven. But the angel goes on to sing, as we just sing, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. For you. Peace. Being the promise of unbrokenness. Being the promise of wholeness. And the promise that, yeah, the birth of this baby means that all things will be made new and that everything bad will become untrue. And so, this Christmas, when you, if you feel that way, or maybe next week if you feel that way, if you feel that brokenness, remember. That peace doesn't come from trying to hold the pieces together or just bowing our head and putting the shoulder to the rope and slogging our way out of it. That's why well, we know that holding the pieces together, it's eventually going to sink. And slogging our way out of it gives us the same problem, just in a, in a different place. But peace comes from a God who loves the broken who made the long journey to rescue us, who promises to transform you from guilt to glory, from broken to beautiful, from wrecked to redeemed. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace for you. Amen. Please rise. And now may the peace of God, that goes beyond all human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds today and every day. Amen. You may be seated as we worship the Lord with our offering. Please also note the note about the candles. They're 
right below the offering note in your service folder. If you need a note, our offer's been directed for you. us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of your only Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that as we joyfully receive him as our Redeemer, so may we also behold him with sure confidence when he shall come to be our Judge, who lives and reigns with him in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. May he who by his incarnation gathered things heavenly and earthly into one, Fill us with such joy that comes from the knowledge of the forgiveness of sins and the hope of eternal life. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. You may be seated for our closing hymn.
evening once again. Um, special welcome to the guests and visitors worshiping with us this evening. There's a little bit more information about what's coming up in the next uh, month or two at our church here. Um, but in the lights of God bless your Christmas. for listening to Green Pastures with Jesus, the audio home of Shepherd of the Lakes Lutheran Church of Fairmont, Minnesota. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our website, www.shepherdofthelakes.net. Pass that along to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our archive section at our website for previous podcasts. You can find us 9.30 a.m. Sunday mornings at 323 East 1st Street in Fairmont, just up the hill from Richard's Towing. Any questions, contact me, Pastor Hagen, 507-236-9572. God bless your day. God bless beyond compare.